0: The transition into motherhood is a challenging time for many mums and there's never a more important time to ensure you look after and nurture yourselves. A recurring theme in first time mums chat has been the lack of information available to mums to help them with their own health and well-being during their postpartum period. Yes, it's important to always ensure that your little one is well looked after, but please don't forget to take care of you also. After all, you're not going to be at your best and give your all otherwise. I've had a number of guests who have shared their postpartum journeys and how they have struggled with various aspects and felt alone. This week's guest, Alison Lieberman, owns a marriage and family therapy practice in California and focuses her energies on helping new moms and new parents transition into motherhood and parenthood. Alison's inspiration to help parents led her to start her new Mother Mental podcast, which I highly recommend listening and subscribing to. I'll include a link to Alison's podcast in the episode show notes. I will let you know where they are located at the conclusion of this episode. Now on to the interview. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a child care educator and baby massage instructor and know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from 4 weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Alison and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. It's lovely to have you here and I'm looking forward to chatting about what you do and hearing your pearls of wisdom when it comes to those postpartum baby blues and other issues.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am a marriage and family therapist in California, Southern California to be exact. And (laughs) I own a group practice here that focuses on treatment for new moms, parents, new parents as a couple, and really anything that has to do with that big transition into motherhood is what we specialize in. And I have a podcast that sort of came from the gap between what information we get in pregnancy and the lack of information we get about our own well-being in postpartum. Mm. So that is sort of the inspiration behind the new mama mentor.
0: When you're pregnant, you hear some stories. And then when you go and give birth, you hear other stories. And it's really hard to know what actually truly does happen.
1: Yeah. And things as simple as, is it normal if I'm peeing my pants when I laugh? Mm. Or Mm. is it normal to be anxious when I bring my baby home? Those things are touched on, but they're not really talked about unless you ask about them or you seek Mm. out the information. And so I am trying to create a space where it's not too hard to find the information.
0: I think that's good to have because a lot of mums I think, need that because they feel that there's something wrong if they pee their pants or if they're yeah. anxious. They think they're not doing it right. They think there's something wrong. And it's not that there's anything wrong at all. It's just part of giving birth. And I think a lot of people aren't told that. Right.
1: Yeah. And I don't even know the statistics on it, but I know that they're really high in terms of pelvic floor Mm. weakness or tightening, right? A lot of women experience that after birth, but there isn't a whole lot on how to fix that. Mm. And I think it's the same with some mental health issues as well. I think a lot of women experience mental health issues after having a baby, but we either don't talk about it or we don't know what to do when it happens and so we sort of suffer in silence
0: yeah i had a very interesting podcast recently with a man called peter lap and he was talking exactly about what you're saying he was talking a lot about the pelvic floor and the one i can never pronounce it it's it's diastasis yes one he was talking a lot about that and why it happens. And I actually found it really interesting from a man's yeah. side because a lot of men don't understand what women are going through. I agree.
1: Actually, Peter's great. I was on his podcast recently mm. and I'm actually interviewing him this week too, which is so funny. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. But I also just had another male on my podcast that I interviewed this week and he was the first one that I've interviewed. And it is, nice to have the conversation from both sides right to be able Mm. to hear I was telling him his name is Jason and I was telling him I gotta ask you our secret question as women is why are men the way that they are Mm. and and he had some good answers but you know I think there's so many differences in our experiences and our approaches and just our genetic makeup between men and women that it creates a lot of beauty, but also a lot of conflict. And so I love to have those conversations.
0: Yes, I do too. I mean, it's like men are from Mars and women are from Venus, that book. I can't remember who it's by, but that's actually a very interesting book. So I have a question for you on this as a mum. Yeah. What exactly is baby blues? I mean, people always talk about baby blues, but from your perspective, what actually is baby blues?
1: Yeah, so I will define it, but I'll also give my own personal example with baby blues because <laughs> I definitely remember having them. And so it's typically within the first couple weeks after giving birth. It definitely does not extend past three weeks. I think three weeks is kind of long, it's usually the first two. And it's really just the overwhelming sense of overwhelm, sadness, tearfulness, Mm. crying for no reason, not sure what you're doing, feeling like a failure, all of those things. But then it subsides and it usually can be related to the adjustment, especially if you haven't had children before adjusting to bringing home a baby. Mm -hmm. But if you do have other children adjusting to the new demands, It's also a chemical piece, too, right? When we are pregnant, our bodies take 10 months to build up these hormones to get ready for childbirth. And those hormones drop off in about three days after you give birth. So it's quite a drastic shift And so that kind of contributes to the baby blues too. Not everybody experiences them, but most women do. For me, I remember we were having friends come over for dinner. They were bringing dinner over, at least in the U.S. That's the customary thing you offer to bring dinner over and meet the baby. And I walked out of my bathroom and I closed the door behind me and my dog was in there. He was in there for maybe 30 seconds and barked. So it was not a bad thing. But I could not stop crying. (laughs) And I was like, he's going to think I hate him. I locked him in the bathroom. And our friends came over and they were like, what is happening? And I was like, I can't stop crying. I don't know why. And it was very much just like overwhelming feeling that I couldn't move past. But when I look at it now, even the next day, I can't believe I was that upset about that. But Mm. it was very upsetting Mm. at the time. And so those are just sort of those reactions during that baby blues time. Once they subside, you might still have some of those things once in a while, but it shouldn't be an everyday thing. If it is, you've sort of moved into some postpartum mental health stuff. We call them PMADs. So it's perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So it's depression and anxiety Mm. under that umbrella either during pregnancy or postpartum
0: this sounds quite a tough time to go through for a month especially when you're crying and you don't know why you're crying you've got this beautiful little baby and you're looking at your beautiful little baby and you're bursting out crying you're thinking why am I crying this baby's so beautiful what is it that's making me so upset
1: yeah and you know especially in the baby blues phase. Most people can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I just had a baby. It's probably the baby blues and whatever. But once you move past that, it becomes really overwhelming because it could be attributed to a trauma you had 20 years ago that you thought you moved past mm. or you mm. ignored or didn't realize was that big of a trauma until you had a baby. And those are all the things that sort of start to come up in that first year and can really impact to your experience especially if you've been in active avoidance for your whole life
0: so how how would you support a mom who's going through something like that
1: so as a support person it's really just like sitting there with that person making space for them if they need to talk not having judgmental reactions like well at least or you know it could be worse or things like that Mm -hmm. those aren't helpful But just saying, How are you doing? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Is there anything I can do to help you? I want to bring you dinner. All of those things that are just supportive are great. The less opinions that you have on this person's experience, the better. Because that's also, I think we all can like attest that that postpartum phase, everybody has an opinion about what we're doing with our babies and our own. bodies. So I think all of that are great ways to be a support person. As a professional, I think it's really important to help new moms figure out where the stress is coming from. Is it birth trauma? Is it childhood trauma? Is it a lack of support? Do they have a support system? Is a support system something that could be easily developed for them? Do they need more help? Do they need to be in a group? Do they need to find a exercise class? What is it that they need that's going to meet that need that's causing them to have this level of distress?
0: Becoming a parent for the first time is challenging, right? It changes your life in every way imaginable. And it's hard to hit the ground running, isn't it? There is so much to learn on all manner of subjects and it feels overwhelming, exhausting and even impossible to find all you need to know. To help you, I've compiled some of the tips for mums that have been shared by the wonderful experts on First Time Mums Chat podcast and put them together in a free guide. These tips are easy to incorporate into your daily routines and will help make your new parenting journey easier. To get your free guide, go to My Baby Massage. .net forward slash tips, dotnet forward slash tips. I'm asking this because I know my own experience of doctors, and I'm being tentative when I say this, but do you find doctors are uh, supportive or would you turn to somebody else? I'm thinking more of a midwife maybe or a health visitor or a health nurse or a doula maybe. Some doctors are good, but a lot of the time I don't find them very supportive.
1: I would say that the most supportive doctors that I've found have extended their practices to do other things. So coaching, supervision, things like that, because they don't feel like just being a doctor is enough to meet the needs. And I think in the U.S. in particular, obviously it's different across the world, but in the U.S., the insurance piece definitely Impacts the level of care that moms are getting. There's a lot of restrictions, but I would say on a very general level, no, I do not think that doctors are the best support people. I think Mm -hmm. that they have a limit, and their limit is not in the empathy realm. (laughs) It's having the knowledge and delivering that. And that's pretty much it. I don't have a whole lot of experience with midwives to be able to speak. but I think doulas are great. Um, I didn't have a doula myself, but I would say in terms of collaboration, they're definitely the most collaborative professionals in terms of that, a postpartum doula. I wish that all of us could have access to, because Mm -hmm. that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. They also tend to be lactation consultants. So it's like a nice package deal and they help. They're strictly there to help mom. They're not there to help baby. They're help they're helping the mom. And I think that that's really important. And I wish that we all could have that.
0: Yeah, I think having that in your medical assistance is good. Also, I like naturopathic doctors, doctors who are doctors, but also doctors who are naturopaths. And they're very few and far between. I interviewed a naturopathic doctor, and it was really interesting talking to her because she... Was giving the tips, like what you were saying, and you know, what you want to hear. You want to have that support. She was more of an approach of okay, you may need the drugs, but let's find out the cause of why you're feeling this way. Naturopathic doctors are good because they've got the natural side, but they've also got the medical side if needed. And I think that's a nice compromise.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, recently in the last year or so discovered acupuncture yes, and chinese yeah. medicine and i think that it's another realm that is totally underappreciated in terms of the impact it can have because one they really are in tune with your body they're having to do work on your body they dedicate an hour to you, So there is that level of just investment in terms of that. It's not like, okay, let's do 15 minutes in, 15 minutes out, let's go. You're really feeling like they're attending to you. Mm-hmm. And I think just that in itself, even if they did nothing else, <laughs> would be great. But then also just the benefits of acupuncture as it is. Yeah is also great. And I wish that that was also something that was encouraged. Because if nothing else, it gives you an hour a week to spend doing nothing but taking care of yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had acupuncture before. I didn't like the idea of needles in me. But Mm -hmm. I had a few sessions because I had a really bad back problem. And after two sessions, I was feeling so much better. And nobody had been able to help me with that before. I'm definitely Keen on acupuncture, as long as it's somebody who knows what they're doing. Acupuncture, people don't know about it. They don't hear about it because it's, I don't want to say it's taboo. Maybe that's not the right way of putting it. What we
1: call woo woo. It's like that spiritual, we don't understand it. So we don't want to do it thing, which it, it is, right? All the research around it says we don't really understand why it works, but it does. Yeah. And that's uncomfortable for some people, which makes sense. It is very nice and it is underrated in terms mm-hmm. of what it could do for you the acupuncturist that I see specializes in women's health and fertility and postpartum and all of that. So it's even more specialized and there are those people out there. So I think that it can be really important and it can definitely be a part of your care team and you know of course doctors have to be a part of it but it doesn't just have to be that you can have the doula you can have an acupuncturist you can have
0: a therapist you can have a psychiatrist and i think yeah. that's the key having a team that support each other and from what i understand of acupuncture i'm not an acupuncturist but i have done a bit of kinesiology and i have done a bit of natural health in my time and i think it's got a lot to do with the meridians which meridian 9 is working and knowing which meridian is out and how to correct it. That's what I understand of acupuncture, but I don't fully understand it. It's all to do with the energy in your body and they sense where the energy isn't working or is disconnected and they use acupuncture to support that energy and to get it aligned.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because I've been having a lot of gut health issues. That's why I started going again. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I was telling her, I get this weird, like eczema on my hands. And she was like, Oh, that's interesting. That part of your hand is connected to your gut. So when Mm -hmm. your gut is inflamed, and it's having issues, then your eczema is breaking out because of that part of your body, you would never think your hands are connected to your intestines. Mm -hmm. But that's how crazy all of that is. So Even something so small like that can make a huge difference. And
0: yeah. It's like reflexology. They're all sort of connected as well. I know that from baby massage. There's so many little trigger points that I didn't actually realize help with the teeth or help with this or help with that. And it's interesting how every part of your body interconnects and having somebody, like you said, who can support a mum who's going through the baby blues, whether it's postpartum, whether it's anxiety and having that team, I think is so valuable.
1: Yeah, I agree. And sometimes it isn't something that you think you need, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way that when I was going through my postpartum experience, I would have thought, yeah, I need a doula or I need an acupuncturist, or I need all these things. I knew that I needed therapy. (laughs) I knew I needed a psychiatrist, but that's just because of where I do work, right? Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have necessarily been like, yes, these are things that I need to feel supported. And I wish that somebody would have talked to me about what those things would do for me and how they could help Mm -hmm. So one of the things I talk with a lot of my clients about is if you have to invest money in something, what would be worth $100 a month to you? Is it having somebody come and clean your toilets? Is it having somebody come and do your laundry? Is it having somebody come and deliver food? What is it that is going to help you feel less overwhelmed? that isn't going to make you go broke, but also is helpful to you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Sometimes you have to pick and choose and piecemeal things together and that's fine. But, you know, I think being able to kind of think outside the box on what it is that we need can be really helpful.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And um, uh, that brings me to the question I was going to ask you is how can mums advocate for themselves? We've talked about all of these things, but how can mums Really advocate for themselves.
1: Yeah. I have like a two sided answer. One is to educate yourself, right? You can Mm -hmm. advocate if you educate. So I think understanding like what is quote unquote normal versus not normal in terms of what you're experiencing and that's listening to podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Talking to professionals, not always just going straight Mm -hmm. to your OB and just taking what they say at face value. They're Specialty is truly pregnancy and women's health, but not necessarily all the other stuff. So, really being mindful of like what doctors do what, and you have to educate yourself on that. And sometimes that's hard. So, that's part of my job, right? Is like when I'm working with clients, if they have a problem, even if it has nothing to do with me, my job is to say, oh, you know what? That sounds like you're experiencing this. You should go see this professional. Something like pelvic floor health, right? If somebody's saying it hurts when they have sex, that's not necessarily my area. Mm -hmm. I know where they need to go. And so finding people that can point you in those directions are really important for the advocacy piece. The other thing is trusting your gut. We know when something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And Whether it's trauma, whether it's relationships, we learn to second-guess ourselves. And sometimes we think we're being overdramatic or we're making something a big deal or we're under-responding or whatever it is. But if your gut is telling you that something doesn't feel normal or right, whether it's about you or your child or your family or whatever it is, it's okay to speak up. Worst case, you have to change doctors. Worst case, you have to change schools. Whatever it is. Trusting your gut and knowing that you probably know what's best for you and
0: for your family. Mm, I think that's a good one. Trusting yeah. in your intuition, I think, is very powerful. Every mom knows what to do, but they may not think they know deep down. They know. And so does your baby. Your baby knows what it wants as well. And so does yeah. your child. You just need to connect to that part of you. And it probably sounds quite hard for some moms to do. And I, I acknowledge that, but that's where you come in to give them that support. I am really passionate about first-time mums chat and providing a weekly resource that helps parents who are new to the whole world of parenting. And I want to hear from you. I warmly welcome questions and feedback and comments on my podcast episodes. You can send me a voicemail message quickly and easily from your smartphone or computer by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash message. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash message.
1: Yeah, and I say this from a place of personal experience too, right? I've been in the room where I don't say anything because I'm scared somebody's going to get mad at me. Knowing that what is happening isn't what I want to happen. And so that takes a lot of internal work either, whether it's getting over whatever that barrier is to speaking up and processing the guilt of, potentially putting yourself in a position where you had to do something you weren't comfortable with. So, you know, for me, when I talk about this, I think about when my son was getting assessed for speech therapy and the assessment was terrible. The speech therapist was terrible. And I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want them to not give him the services. And then afterwards I was heartbroken because it was such a terrible experience. And I had to process that. I knew in my gut what was happening wasn't right, but I still sat there because I I didn't want this person to get mad and do something Mm-mm. else. And so there's processing in that too. And sometimes we realize it after the fact and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, since that, we have had better experiences, but that was definitely a negative one. And I think even having access to someone on social media to see what is supposed to be happening and what you're experiencing are very different. I don't know how different it is in different countries, but I know state to state, it's different too, but we have these individualized education plans and it sort of is how your child gets support throughout the school year. And it's very dicey here in the U.S. actually getting those needs met. And so there's advocates, that is their job is they advocate for those. So it might be that you have to find somebody to do that too. That would be another person in your support system if you needed that.
0: Yeah. So thank you for everything. I think we've spoken about a lot of different things. Is there anything that you would like to add? Yeah. You know,
1: I say this often, but you're not alone. I think most moms struggle with the transition. It's just to what degree. And the more you talk about it, the less alone you feel, even if it's scary and vulnerable. So that's always my ending line.
0: (laughs) So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that?
1: Yeah, so the therapy practice, our website is www.rihcounseling.com. And there you can find out all about all of us. And then the podcast is The New Mama Mentor podcast, and it's on all podcast streaming sites. And I'm also on Instagram at The New Mama Mentor.
0: Well, thank you, Alison, for all your pearls of wisdom. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, and I've thank actually you. learned a lot from you too. And thank you for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Of course. To
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Alison shared some great tips and insights and I highly recommend checking out her website and the New Mama Mentor Podcast. I've included links to these in the episode show notes, which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash 089. Please help me spread the word to other mums by rating and reviewing my podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps me support more mums, yes, just like you, for a smooth journey into the exciting world of parenthood.